The bubbles burst. It's a $250,000 buy-in event, and there's only six of you left. You have a good hand. You have a really good hand. But Sam Greenwood also has a good hand, and he's throwing chips at you like a horse throws manure at someone it doesn't like. We're going to talk about this hand right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Horses have less than opposable thumbs. They don't even have fingers. So they can't throw things now? Correct. You need a hand to throw? It helps a lot. It helps? It helps a lot. It helps. Are we doing choose your own adventure openings now? Where you you get to be the character? (laughs) I don't know what's happening anymore. A horse throws manure at someone it doesn't like is a strange sentence to say. I'm not going to lie. It's more like that's that's what monkeys are known to do. This is like jazz, though, man. It's the improvisational nature of the openings, you know? You just don't know what's going to happen. That's what people say when they do something that's bad. Or wonderful. It's like jazz. Like, my, my three-point <laughs> shot is like jazz. That's why I shoot 18% from three. Yeah, but when it goes in, it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right? So... There's a few openings I'm really proud of in the last four and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You got to have something to hang your head on at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, you don't even have a hat rack, but you got you got to try. I got horse hooves. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so this is a big event. It it's is. Quarter million dollar buy-in. Two million HK buy-in, I believe. Quarter yeah. million dollar. Yeah. Type deal. It's the... I don't, am I going to pronounce this like the Jeju Triton High Roller? Jeju or Jeju? Yeah, Jeju. It's the Triton Super High Roller. This is the main event, too, of the Triton series. This happened very recently. Good. Hey, Sam Greenwood's had a good year. Oh, Sam Greenwood. I looked it up. I was sort of blown away by how good his year has been. I mean, it's not Bonomo. No, it's not Bonomo. Nobody's but if, Bonomo. Let me say this. If Bonomo wasn't Bonomo this year, if Bonomo like tripped and hit his head in January, everyone would be talking about Sam Greenwood's year so far. That has been a pretty serious head injury <laughs> you're talking about there. It happens, bro. It does. It does. <laughs> totally happens. So here's some of the things that happened for Sam Greenwood this year. He's had cashes for about $1.5 million, just in 2018. $1.5 million, $1.8 million, $155,000, million. Wait, I'm not done. Four hundred and forty-nine thousand dollars. We're still. I'm still in January. Ninety-four thousand dollars. So that is, and then, uh, oh yeah, a quarter million dollars. Let's not forget the quarter million dollar one. Also in December tenth, he had one hundred seventy-three thousand dollars. I mean, he's crushing it. Now he's playing super high roller events for the most part. Yeah, that definitely skews the numbers in favor of the player, as we've seen with Justin Bonomo. Although. Nonetheless, very impressive by both players. I mean, he's definitely very profitable for the year, right? Like yep. way, way, way up for the year. Sergio Ido, his opponent in this hand, he's no slouch either. He's got eight and a half million in live tournament earnings. Of course, he's also doing a lot of these super high rollers. Yes. He's a guy we haven't ever talked about on the breakdown before. And Not kind once, of right? Under the radar, as far as I'm concerned, like I don't really think about Sergio Ido as I fall asleep very often. Do you, you think about Sam Greenwood a lot as you fall asleep? Is that what you're uh, saying? Probably once every fourth Tuesday. So like once a month. No, once every 28 days, Jonathan. <laughs> I said, said like once a month. Okay, I didn't yeah. say so once a month. Right. Who's, who's being imprecise now, buddy? Uh, seems like you. Ido's had some nice caches in the recent uh, time as well. Since November of last year, he's got uh, $128,000, $312,000, $235,000, $528,000. This is still just December and November of last year. $736,000 in April. That was a good one. It was a 50K he finished second in. Um, there's a lot more. 
out there as well. Although those are the really big ones, $161,000, $827,000. I mean, this is good stuff. All this to say, these guys know how to play No Limit Tournament Poker. Yes. They're pretty good at it. They have the resumes to some degree. They yep. are currently near the top of the you know poker playing population at yeah. this time. And, and this is one of those hands uh, that was suggested by Ben Page, who's been crushing it. What is it you always say about Ben Page? He is a journalist, and no. he's... Uh, Probably his life's probably in danger <laughs> in general right. from it, his from his hard hitting journalism. The gas he's, company he's, is cannot have another one of these exposés. Right. The, his editor is like, look, Ben, I, I respect what you do. You're an old school editor. You're old school. But you know what? A lot of those old school guys aren't around anymore. You know why, Ben? You know why? Because they didn't stop when they should have right. stopped. Just walk away, Paige. Walk away. You got a cushy like job that. with the New Yorker writing op-eds for the rest of your life if you want, Paige. <laughs> and Ben's like, Damn it, Carl. <laughs> Carl. You know my wife died in that gas explosion. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, of course, if he's a man on a mission, he's not going to stop. Yeah, but Carl... No, the true journalists... This is what, this is the problem I have with Ben Page. The true journalists <laughs> are doing... They're like Woodward and Bernstein. They don't have a... They don't have all, you know, a skin in the game. They're doing it because they have integrity. Ben Page is just out to get revenge like your typical, you know, freaking Jason Statham movie. I'm not impressed. Here's the thing about Ben Page that you should also know. Yeah. He, may, he might seem like a humble writer right now, but he yeah. has a history that he doesn't like to talk about. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> Does he have a particular set of skills? I mean, he does. <laughs> he does. Charlie! People wonder how Digital Dan <laughs> became such a popular thing. We can create something out of nothing, Jonathan. We are powerful. I think the, the power of both Digital Dan and what may soon become the Ben Page phenomena is uh, more the power of repetition than the yes. power of imagination. It's but like, it's uh, a little bit of both. It's like the Chuck Norris jokes, right? Yes. It's basically just like that. I don't know how, how Chuck Norris got that to happen. Like why Chuck Norris was picked or anything like that doesn't really make any sense. It got him so many commercials and stuff. Yeah. That made him a lot of money. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if he hired like a firm and they were actually behind it. Maybe. He's like, I want to raise my brand. I want to make more money. And say like, this is one of their ideas and it worked. It's a genius idea. It is. Because I just like this sort of happened with Betty White too. Oh yeah. Kind of. They both became like internet. For her, it's a little (laughs) bit more that she's like the old lady who's willing to be raunchy. You know, that's that's true. And she is she is actually funny and love and still doing things that have, you know, entertainment value. Currently, Chuck Norris hasn't done anything in like 25 years. Yeah. And he never did anything good. That's also true. Yeah. (laughs) So anywho's anyway. So Ben pages who suggested it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I never know where how we get to these places. He did it on Twitter. We are two poker guys on Twitter. Number two poker guys. If you watch that voice. Yeah. If you suggest it, you know, (laughs) use a YouTube link, timestamp it. All those things. Now, if you're if you're on Twitter, you probably noticed something lately, and it's that we got a new logo, Grant. Oh, it's we super did. cool. It, it's nice. It's kind of sideways ish. Sideways, and there's a cool microphone where the uh, the U yeah, used to be. Yeah, it represents that we speak in the microphone. It's actually great. It looks like really it. good. We've had only compliments on it. I think I don't yep. think anyone has said they like the old one better. Right. Everyone we've ever shown it to has said, yeah, yeah, that's better. The um, guy who designed our old logo, I, I asked him about, it, and he was like, oh yeah, you should switch to this one. Yeah, yeah. and he's he's advertising professional. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And that was done by Chris Mor- Morano. I'm going to yep. go with Morano. Just out of, out of fandom for the poker guys. Yeah, he's a huge fan. I'm sure he's listening to this right now. His website, if you guys are interested, if you like the design, you're interested in any, uh, any, any of that kind of stuff for yourselves, it's marksbymorano.com. Uh, that'll be in the podcast description as well. He also yep. has an app called Cat Davers instead of Cadavers. Cat Davers on uh, 
the uh, iOS store. It's a yep. dollar. That'll so all be in the description. You can check we'll, out. we'll also tweet out some stuff about Chris yeah. Morano when this podcast comes out. And just so you guys know, it isn't like this was a deal we made with him. He just sort of sent us all this stuff and said, hey, if you want to tell people about this, you can. And we are so grateful for the awesome job he did. We just feel like we should spread the love a little bit. Yeah. So thanks, Chris. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Anyway, Ben Page, appreciate the suggestion for the hand. As far as I can tell, Ben is the only one who suggested it. Yeah. This is one of those hands where the decisions are not straightforward throughout. They, some, some of the decisions are more straightforward than yeah. others. I, I'm concerned about us analyzing this hand a little bit. And my concern is that these guys are playing on such a high level and they're doing things for the sake of balance and not just general balance, but balance between them and between the other super high rollers mm -hmm. and like this narrative that's been created over the years of playing with each other, that it's going to be difficult for us to truly understand some of the decisions in this hand. And I, and that's a concern of mine. Oh, okay. Thanks for airing it. Yeah. Um, I don't have that same concern, but maybe I will by the end. I haven't thought that much about this hand at all. I've seen it once and I think it's kind of a cool hand to do. I'm just imagining we could have a 30 minute discussion on the flop, which we should probably try to avoid, but, and, and we could like, oh. you know, just like the sizing and how frequently this happens and all that stuff. And like, yeah, let, let's not do 30 minutes, but you know, let's have a normal size discussion on the flop, normal time discussion, give Six, or take 16 minutes. Yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, we, sometimes we really go down the rabbit holes. Now I know there's going to be other streets that are going to be important to spend some time on and this one in particular. So we can't just spend a lot of time on the flop. Well, I know the flop is the least interesting street, which that is, is why, correct. which is why I, I bring maybe that pre flop. Up. Maybe pre flop is even less interesting. Yeah, maybe so. But, yeah, they're both about the same. Anyway, let's get let's do this. All right, let's do it. So, activate. Okay, so there are six remaining. Uh, we are we, in the money. The bubble has just burst, so it's as if the ICM considerations are almost eliminated because in these small fields, the jumps between the lower payouts are generally not something to consider when all the money's up top. I mean, I'll just give you the payouts really okay. quickly since we're talking about it. They've all locked up eight hundred twenty-six thousand dollars. This is all in U.S. dollars. Um, fifth place is just one buy-in more. It's 1.8, 1.08 million. Uh, fourth place is like 1.5. Then it's 2.1, 3.2, and 5.2. So you should never be playing a ladder up here. And honestly, these guys, the guys who are left are Jason Kuhn, Sergio Ido, Sam Greenwood, Richard Young, Mika Badzikowski, and Chan Y. Leong, who's the only guy who I don't know. Well, Richard Young is definitely a fish compared to those guys. Of course, but he's not worried about laddering up. True. And this other guy is either a big-time pro, because he's playing in a 250K buy-in event, or a very rich dude. Yeah. No one's worried about laddering up right now. Correct. Like, at some point, Kuhn and maybe Ido, probably Badzikowski, are going to start to feel the money pressure, but this is not the time. It's going to be like, you know you know, later, like this is the time when they know you're supposed to gamble a little bit more, not less. Can we talk about the min cash? That's a huge min cash. Yeah, I know. I was aware. It's, I mean, it's a three, three X min cash. More than three basically. X min cash. Um, it ends up being, yeah, slightly more. It's, it's three and a quarter. Have X you ever heard cash. of that before? Um, nope. Yeah. That's the biggest min cash I've ever heard of. It's a big min cash. It's cool. Makes yeah. people, it changes your strategy slightly. That makes the bubble really intense. Oh man. The bubble play must've been outrageous. I hope, I hope there was someone with a short stack, so then someone else was just, like, bullying the hell out of everybody else. Although, again, I don't know if you can even pull that off with Richard Young. Does he care? No. He may just not care. Like that guy's we got he, billions. Right. So it's like, whatever, man. You care. I don't care. Yeah. You know? You can't bully Richard Young. I have Young. an ace. I'm all in. What you are you going to do? You can bully Richard Young on the bubble to the same extent that you could ever bully Richard Young on the bubble. It's about right. the category of cashing versus not cashing. Exactly. Like, it's important to me for the prestige or whatever, yeah. but that's all it is. There's... 
as opposed to me, you'd really be able to successfully bully me on this bubble. On an eight hundred fifty thousand dollar bubble? Yeah. yeah. I would be very, very I would be like, I don't want to see Aces. Yeah. I just want someone else to bust any anytime they can and I don't want to play a hand. That's yeah, how I would be, feel about you'd this. You'd be like all of the noobs in the fifteen hundred dollar World right. Series events exactly. on the bubble. Who, I would yeah. absolutely go into that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm not Richard Young in that way. Nope. I'm I'm not him in other ways too. You're never gonna be Richard Young, buddy. I got Which bad is both news. good and bad. That's not always bad news. That's also good news. Well you're not gonna be a billionaire in your lifetime. Sorry. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. It's it's fifty fifty. I mean, it's not 0% and you make it sound like it is. So I'm so saying. So 1%. What? What percent is it? First of all, I'm not super comfortable talking about that in front of everyone because the next question is, how would that happen? And getting I'm into not going to ask how it would oh, okay. happen. Um, I mean, I would guess it's less than 1%, but I don't think it's... I can, I can think of a path where I'm a billionaire that makes sense to me. Okay. I bet you could too if you think about it. I mean, sure, but... It has to do with something that rhymes with shripto Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's significantly less than 1%. Let's be of course, yeah. but, but it's not completely impossible either. No, it's not impossible. So there you go. You got me. But anyway, no, I'm not, Podcast expecting, is over. I'm not expecting to be a billionaire and I don't, I'm not, it's not a big goal of mine. All right, let's move right, on. So basically Jonathan Levy and Richard Young, same person <laughs> moving on. All right. Six Why hand- are we talking about that? That's fun. Six handed. Okay. 15 K 30 K are the blinds and we are deep. Uh, Ido is one of the two big stacks him and, Bad Zakowski, who is a crusher. Yeah. But will not be involved in this hand. Ido is under the gun with his 3 million, so 100 blinds. He's got Queen Jack of Hearts, and under the gun, of course, is late position. We're six handed. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so he is, he's obviously going to open this. Of course. To 70K. Uh, folds to Greenwood, who's on the button. Greenwood is not as deep as Ido, but very deep still. 1.9 million in front of him. So 66 blinds. Feeling pretty good. Yeah. Uh, has ace king off, ace of spades, king of clubs. He three bets to two hundred twenty thousand. Nothing to say. Whoop de doo. Right. It's a little smaller than you might expect, but he's in position. I, I mean, know. seventy. It's seventy to two twenty. Yeah, that seems fine. It's no, it's normal. But yeah. it feels like today, these days, people are three betting bigger, especially when stacks are deep. Okay, but whatever. Sam yeah. Greenwood knows what he's doing. Folds back to Ido, who calls. Yeah. Do you think there's any argument at all for folding? Sure. What would that be? We're out of position. Sam Greenwood's awesome. Um, if we flop one pair, we could. this is the kind of hand we could lose a huge amount of chips on. And being out of position makes it even easier to lose those chips. Um, this is the kind of hand that when it does really well, it's making big hands like straights and flushes, which do much better in position than out of position. It's a hand that's easily dominated by Sam's range, blah, blah, blah. Those are the reasons, right? Yeah, but you would never fold, right? I can't imagine I would fold. Queen Jack off, you could seriously how, how, consider. What, how much should we start with again? Uh, Ido has 100 blinds. Right. And we yeah. So and Sam made it seven blinds, right? He made it way less than seven blinds. I thought it was 15, 30. Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Never yeah. mind. He did. He made it seven blinds. Yeah, I'm not going to fold. No. Six-handed. There's no way I'm folding a hand this good. Queen Jack off, maybe, if you open that. I think, I think Queen Jack off is a pretty good candidate to fold, for yeah. sure. Um, I think Queen Jack is just too good. You what, know, do you think and, about, what do you think about four betting? I just don't know why we have to do it. I think you could. We're out of position. I know people care about that kind of thing. Um, but I would probably, we're deep enough that I would probably just like, let's just see a flop and see how things go, man. It's not that expensive. You know, I put in two blinds. I have to put in five more. It's not a big deal. As opposed to like, I'm going to play this huge pot out of position or get blown off the hand when it has, has legit calling value. I have blockers, but they're not great blockers. They're kind of, they're kind of weak blockers. Yeah. 
Um, there's so many better hands to four bet with as a bluff than this, I feel like. What do you think? I agree. I also think this is maybe the worst time in the tournament to four bet as a bluff. Because we're just past the bubble? We just past the bubble and nobody cares about the money jumps anymore. Right. Like Greenwood will probably go with Ace King here. Oh, yeah. Uh, he might not have it on the bubble. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. That's actually a really, really good point. This is the time when you're supposed to be a little more gambling. Also, Greenwood's had such a good year. He's going to be very confident. Not going to be intimidated by anything we do. This is not a guy to, like, I think, make big plays against when you don't have to. Like there, and this is not the hand to do it with either. Like if we have ace four suited, I'd be much more interested in four betting because sure. we're not going to call ace four suited. I agree. This is I, such a good hand to call it. I think it's calling is like ninety percent best play yeah. here. Like, four, four betting second best play. I like think pocket sixes plus queen ten suited. Queen ten suited. I think I would call that too at yeah. this price, but I wouldn't love it. I feel much better about queen jack suited. Queen ten suited. Queen ten suited plus. King, queen off, we probably have to call this deep. But I think we do. Don't love it. King, jack off, I think we could consider folding. King, jack suited feels like a pretty easy call. Yep. I'd say that's about my line. You don't call deuces? Oh, um, uh, he's 66 blinds deep. It's five more blinds to call. It's really close, honestly, in terms of like uh, if we can get enough value to make this all work. i probably call, but... If I don't flop a set, I'm not going to put many chips in this pot. Well, of course. So then, yeah, and then I can call there. But like sixes, I can call and not flop a set and still put chips in this. Rarely, like but sure. Yeah. There's going to be there's going to be more flops that are going to be easier to call on, on flop and turn, you know, where it's going to work for me. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I guess I guess ultimately I call all pocket pairs here. Yeah, I do. Either way, it's a pretty rudimentary decision, it feels like, calling yes. with Queen Jack of Hearts here. Seems pretty easy. This is a pretty straightforward thing. It's also really easy to sign up for Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Whoa, how'd you do that? I am a podcast host. Nice. And I have powers. I have unlocked the RPG Power podcast host transition to add. Yes, I see that yeah. now. Level You've got three. the medal. Level three. Is it a power or is it a medal? It depends on which RPG you're playing. Achievement unlocked. Yes, and now they've taken it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is the sponsor of this podcast, and they do have online poker, and you can go there if you use the link in the description of this podcast. Also, you can go there other ways, but don't do that. You know? What is that I see coming around the bend? <laughs> it's the Nitrogen Sports <laughs> Poker Train. It's full of poker chips. It's running coming right at us <laughs> use the link before it hits you <laughs> well that sounds like it's just getting out of the station there <laughs> yeah i guess it does doesn't yeah. it that's that better? better all right good yeah thank you um they have to use, i know we mentioned this but just because we've done lots of things remember to use the link in the description when you sign up guys because otherwise all this is for naught yeah you gotta you gotta do that to let them know that you came from us you gotta do it to get access to our special tournaments that yeah. we have every month you gotta do it if you're a good person and you want to go to heaven you right. know <laughs> all of those things i mean it helps us out a tiny bit when you do it too yeah. You know, it's like they notice and then they're more apt to like stick around and continue to sponsor the show, which is important because without, I'll tell you what, without these guys sponsoring, you're probably going to be getting one podcast a week and not two right now. Or maybe even zero because spite. Yeah. <laughs> Just like we'll show them. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even like podcasting. Yeah. Anyway, so we're not begging, but we're saying, you know, go ahead and do it. <laughs> go ahead and do it because Nitrogen does have a poker room. The software is great. We've yep. dealt with bad software and poker sites, current poker sites that exist. Nitrogen has good software. It's housed not on your computer, but on the internet. You don't have to download anything. It's quick. It's easy. It's sleek. The avatars are, are there. They exist. It's sleek. Yeah. It's sleek. Is it pneumatic? I don't... Like a pneumatic tube? 
Sure. No. Okay. It's definitely not pneumatic, by the way. I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also, of course, have sports betting. It's NFL season. Oh, yeah. And by the way, speaking of sports betting, you should be listening to our other podcast. Hey, Lighting money on fire. This is nitrogen oh, right, time. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> they have a casino. Get on there. Get you some poker. Play with the Poker Guys Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Nice. Nitrogen Choo. Sports Poker. Choo. Ding, ding. <laughs> Um, so what was that about lighting money on fire? Oh yeah. We have our, our sports betting podcast, lighting money on fire, which through two weeks anyway, when we're recording this, we've done, we've done it twice so far. So we've done our best bets. We're not exactly not living up to the name. <laughs> so that would be, you know, if you're fooling, you know, working with that double negative, that means we are living up to the name. Things have not gone super well in terms of the bets we've, uh, we've encouraged people to do so far. All of Jonathan's bets. They're all the things that I've recommended. I'd say, we really probably could have won two of the three that we uh, we did, but we didn't. We won none of them. Sure didn't. Nope. Anyway, we're not going to do a whole moratorium on that right now, but we, uh, we have a lot of fun, and we help people survivor pools, and we're also talking about best bets and just sports in general on the show. We encourage you very strongly to listen to it. It's called Lighting Money on Fire, Sports Betting with Grant and Jonathan. All right, let's uh, see who lights money on fire in this hand. Okay. So we've got the three bet from Greenwood with Ace King off to 220. Ido calls with Queen Jack suited hearts. And uh, we got 515K in the pot now. Yeah. Flop is a good one for Sergio. Queen of spades, six of diamonds, deuce of diamonds. Yeah. Nobody has even a backdoor flush draw here. So that's interesting. Usually there's at least a backdoor flush draw. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Greenwood does have a backdoor straight draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know checks. I don't see what else you can do here. Seems like a very straightforward check. All right. So what I want to talk about on the flop here is we go. Greenwood sizing. How much does he bet? 100K into 515. So one fifth of the pot. That is insanely small. Yeah. So let's talk about why he might be sizing it like this. My guess is that mostly Ido is going to have misses, either like very obvious misses and very obvious calls on this board. There's no real draws of any kind. It's queen what? Uh, queen six deuce. Right. So there's no straight draws. There's no flush draws. It's not an issue. You don't have to, so you don't have to, they're never charging a draw for anything here. I was never going to show up with four, five or three, four, or anything like that. We don't think yeah. out of position. So he just can't have those hands really. So it's like if he has pocket tens, he's calling kind of no matter how much we make it anyway on for one bet at least. Yeah. And if he has, you know, ace Jack, he's probably folding even if we make it hundred K. Cause he's like, cool. Even if you have ace King, I have to, you have to make a player fold, right? Like, I'm not going to call with Ace-Jack off, probably. It's not good enough to call with. If he has Ace-King, which is unlikely, but if he somehow has Ace-King, he's not folding for one bet. Like, I think it's, it's so... His decisions are pretty binary here, so we just don't have to bet very much on this super dry board. That's well, my guess. Why not 30K, then? Um, because 30K is so little that now he is forced to call with some of his weakest hands because it's like the, the odds you're laying him are so insanely cheap. Yeah, it's just interesting because the trend among good players in three-bet pots especially has been to size down yes. post-swap. But this, this is, is ext- an ex- extreme version of no that. No question. This is more than I would have expected. It's cool, but uh, it's definitely more than I expected, especially because the bet is not that big relative to the size of their stacks, which is also a big part of sizing down, where you know it's like even though I size it down, it still, it still threatens your, a big chunk of your stack or more of your stack than you'd want, so it's not as easy for you to call. But that's not the case here for these guys. Like, Ido's got a lot of blinds. You bet three blinds. He could call, you know, if he wanted to. It's not a big deal. So it's interesting. But I do think it is a, like, I think if the board was even a little bit wetter, 
Sam would probably size it up a bit. Yeah, there are two diamonds, but of course, as you're saying, he's not folding a flush draw anyway. He's not right. folding any pair anyway. The, I think the reason he sizes down so much is because there's not too many hands in the margins that you can think of that are like, they, it makes a big difference if you make it 100K versus 200K. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, Ida doesn't have ace-king anyway, almost ever. If he does, he's not folding it anyway, but um, ace-jack is probably folding anyway. Jack-10 is probably folding anyway. King-jack is probably folding anyway. If we bet 30,000, King-jack has to call because it's got back doors and stuff, but 100,000 is just going to fold anyway. I think, the, I think the hands in the margins here potentially are hands that have two back doors like Jack-10 of spades or King okay. Jack of Spades, because sure. the Queen of Spades is out there, those might call for 100K and fold for 200K. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Which, that's possible. Of course, we're ahead of those hands, but we'd also like them to go away. Yeah. But we can also... Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I think what Greenwood has assessed, perhaps here... Now, this is where I thought we might get in the muck and the mire and have problems, is I'm just making this guess, and it might just be that Greenwood's always sizing like this in three-bet pots against these players, and he has some other metagame reason for it. Oh, um, I, w- I would guess that the, the relatively dry nature of the board is a big part of why. Yeah, and you can't think seats. of too many hands that the, the difference makes for the 100 to 200 K. I can't. I mean, I guess you're right. If some, if he has two spades and other stuff working for him, he could decide to call for 100 K and not two. Like, he's still like going to be out of position. He still may fold like his unders and two spades. I here. feel like King Jack of spades is a pretty clear call. Yeah, for 100K I, I think you're right. King Jack pretty, of spades. Exactly. And a pretty clear fold for 200 K. Right, but King Jack of anything else is not. Right. King Jack of diamonds, of course, never going to Jack fold. ten and nine ten of spades and Jack nine of spades are potentially calls as well for this size. They are, but he might just decide to fold out of position where he's not in great shape. You Green, know, Greenwood does have the ace of spades, so he blocks the ace mm. x two backdoor hands. That makes it easier too, where you don't. Have, there's less. There's less backdoor stuff happening. That's a good point. Yeah, I think this is a cool sizing for this yeah. situation. So I wonder if that's a function of the board or a Greenwood thing because. Lux Feldhaus is doing the commentary with Randy Liu, which is weird. Yep. Um, and he says, I wonder if he's going to make it tiny again. So uh, I guess Greenwood's been doing this. Right. Maybe. So maybe, yeah, that's why you were then wondering about if he's just doing this generally, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough. If he's doing it this small, that is interesting. I just can't believe on like, you know, eight, nine, ten, two diamonds, and he's got Jack Jack. That's not the best hand for, as an example, but even that's okay. That he, or like he's got two tens. He flops top set, ace nine, eight, nine, ten, two diamonds. He's just going to bet one-fifth of the pot. I just can't believe he's going to do that. He might, though. Who knows? It seems crazy. seems like those are the hands, those are the kinds of places where you're supposed to size up. But anyway. Um, it makes me wonder about overall strategy. Like, uh, with the sizing down becoming more and more of a thing, mm-hmm. is it possible in three months we'll just consider this completely standard sizing in a three-bet pot when we are talking about super high rollers? That'd be really cool. This is just how it is going. It's possible. I Which, mean, of I course, bet- could also be incorrect. You know, many years yeah. ago, they were three-betting to an amount that everybody's supposed to call and everybody was folding, yeah. right? Like you like to talk about. So it's, it's possible that the super high rollers are wrong, too. Yeah, you know? sure. I mean, I'll say this. This summer, I was betting less. I was C-betting smaller than I ever had bet done before more than I ever would have like imagined I could bet like so so little as C bets and like even turn bets like sometimes people would really talk about it even they'd be like I what are you you know they, they were so thrown off by it but it worked really well like betting small just worked like a charm you I make thought. me want to bet really big like this this makes me want to try messing around with like pot size bets post flop mm-hmm. a lot see see what happens there I mean it makes people not able to play the way they want to play most of the time I mean, it depends on who the person is. Yeah. Right. Um, there's definitely places for betting really big too. I think. I think. I mean, 
No Limit is this. Your bet sizing is the one most is the most interesting thing you can do in No Limit, right? Nothing Absolutely. else is really that fascinating. I mean, you have to pick which hands you're going with and which hands you're not, but that's fine. You should be able to do that away from the table, pretty relatively straightforwardly in most situations. But sizing, you could is a, is this a piano of you know you got 88 keys here and you can you can go all the way you know the low registers all the way on up to the sopranos and you know everything in between and you come up with interesting reasons for them because it's a leveling game. You know, it, it's a, it, there's just this incredible opportunity to really mess people up. I don't entirely agree with you that bet sizing is the only thing. Bet sizing is part of the reason for the other things that I'm going to point out, such as river raises that you could never make in limit because you're it's like so bad to raise in limit when as a bluff in a lot of spots, whereas in no limit, because you are able to choose bigger sizing, you can raise there. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, sure. So that's I mean, not exactly, sort of, those are, they're related. They're, they're not exactly the same thing. You're right. Yeah, but they're related. Um, anyway, Greenwood makes it 100K. Yeah. Now, should Ido consider raising because of the size? I don't believe he should. Because I believe Sam would bet this much with all the hands that are beating him too. So I just don't know what the value of raising is that's so great here. Well, if Sam had two tens, he might feel obligated to call because of the size that Greenwood had made it. Okay. But is he going to call the turn? I don't know. Again, if a ten comes, (laughs) that's true. If a ten comes, Um, I just don't love the idea. This is not going to surprise you, I know, um, and longtime listeners. I don't love the idea of turning our hand into a spot where there aren't that many hands that can call us that are worse than ours. Okay, there are some. I think he is going to call a raise if we if we if he's betting two tens here, but I just feel like he's going to fold a lot of hands too, and just going to. I'd rather give him a chance to bluff. We know Green was capable of bluffing. We did a hand with him and Vogel saying where mm-hmm. he had nine deuce off and bluffed the flop and bet pot on the river, basically. And he was bluffing both times, you know, like, want to give him a chance to throw some chips at the pot. Okay, I typically agree with you. Like okay, cool. everything, everything you're saying, I agree with you. But I'm trying to get in these guys' heads and think of how, what do we do to combat this if right. this is actually an effective strategy for Greenwood to right. get to size this small? And he's, it's, he's basically exploiting everybody by sizing this small. How do we undo that? What, okay. What are some of the things we can do? So, so tell me, what hands are you going to raise with on this board? If you're going to raise Queen Jack of Hearts, what else are you raising? You're going to raise all your good queens? I, I, I don't know. I haven't constructed this at all. I uh, mean, that's the only way to figure this out, though, is, ha- is how to combat it, is to get, like, super granular with it, I think, and say, like, all right, what hands are we raising? Make sure it's balanced. Make sure we start balancing our check-calling range, too, so we have strength there as well. That hands, we need to have hands in our check-calling range that we can call three streets with. I think, okay, let me take a step back from that. Okay. And say, I think that w- the, the, my initial hit on how to combat the strategy is to check raise more frequently. Cool. I'm down with that. So we're going to have a lot of bluffs on this board if we're check raising more frequently. Right. So if that's the case, I'm, I haven't done the math or the combinations, but I assume queen jack falls in the value range if we're going to have to be balanced in that way. And we actually are check raising more frequently. Um, possibly. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it does. It's possible we'd be check raising our best queens. And Queen Jack is actually one of our worst. I mean, queens. what do we have besides a set of sixes, a set of deuces, Ace Queen, King Queen? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Ace Kings and Queen King Queens. There's 24. It's pretty good. It's decent, but I mean, compared to your set of sixes and set of deuces, I mean, there's. But if six we want to be check raising a decent, I, well, those are all value, right? We're yeah. trying to balance it with bluffs. I understand. What I'm saying is like this gets you a lot more value, so that way you can have more check check raise bluffs is by adding your ace king and queen queen king queen, which you weren't doing before. So you right. just added a whole you basically added just forty eight combos of bluffs by adding those twenty four combos of uh of ace king and queen king queen if you want to stay balanced. 
Um, but you still also, but like that means what hands can we possibly check call three streets with if we're also including like this hand in our check raising range? Even this is going to be hard to check call three streets with. Yeah, what I'm thinking is maybe we don't have that many check calling hands at all against Greenwood's three betting strategy here. But if we start and, doing that, doesn't Greenwood have a pretty easy um, counter to that, which is just see bet a whole lot less? Um, bet when he's betting, he has hands that are polarized back that he's either insta folding or never folding. That sounds great. We get to see a lot of turn cards. Yeah, but we're going to often be putting in a lot of chips in spots where he's going to know exactly where he wants. He's going to be able to manipulate it. So we're going to be putting in a lot of chips, and he's going to have very clear and easy decisions as soon as he sees that's our strategy. So that's what do you want to do to combat the tiny sizing? I think we just need to be more balanced. I don't think we can have all of our good value be in our check raising range. Um, I think we need to have some check calls that are really strong too. Well, I agree. Um, and I would, I would wonder if this is strong enough anyway, honestly, period. But um, like, we're not even blocking aces and Kings like King queen. We're blocking some stuff. That's cool. That's better. It is um, better. Like we're blocking jacks. We don't want to block jacks. True. Seems like a really bad time to be blocking jacks. That's a good um, point. Yeah, I'm just coming up with this on the fly right now, but th- that is a pretty good point. Um, I'm pleased it came out of my mouth. Um, I think we need to also have some sets that actually we are check calling, not check raising. Sure, I agree. Um, Which means we need more check raises from other things if we want to correct more. Correct. Um, but it means it's hard to have a lot of check raises in this spot, I think is what it is. And even if we're trying to have more, which we can do with adding ace queen, maybe adding some king queens, maybe adding some other queens. Um, maybe having pocket aces in our range here. There you go. If you have some pocket aces, some pocket kings, you're not going to have that much, but you have some that helps a little yeah. bit too. Um, I guess we have, we, we can't check raise, even though we just can't check raise all of our diamonds and like all the other stuff we'd want to check. It's just hard to have that much stuff we can check raise. Right. I'd just love to have more against yeah. the sizing. Because yeah. it sucks to get check raised is your point, right? Because it sucks to get check raised and I've, it feels like we're letting him off for 100K yeah. all the time with this sizing. I agree. I agree completely. But, you know, when we have top pair, we're going to check raise this, and so often he's just going to fold, especially if he starts... I guess if we have a lot of bluffs, maybe not. But if he just folds a lot, and we're just going to get so little value. But I guess maybe if we have, if we have a balanced range, it's okay, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm this not an saying... interesting question. I'm not saying that I would ever do that in practice. No. Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing in these super high rollers. But I'm not playing against competition. Like, it's very hard for me to find a table that I'm playing at where I'm like, wow, this is tough. It's not... That doesn't happen very often. I don't yeah. have to think this way. But... And, and I think it's a complete disaster to, to check raise Queen Jack here against an amateur or somebody you don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Daniel Coleman the, is a good candidate to check raise a hand like this. I yeah. understand what you're saying. It's just, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It might not be the right answer, but like, it, it, it appears that this is a new trend that Greenwood is either at the forefront of or he's representing for us right now with this extremely small sizing. It doesn't have to be a trend. He may just be experimenting with it too. He but might he's, be. He's having an incredible year, so it's more likely to be a trend since he's doing so well. Yeah. And it's clearly working for him. So, so one of my favorite things we do on this podcast is try to figure out what the counter moves are to yeah. like whatever trend is happening. Because it's easy to see if you look back what, how the counter moves got us to where we are. But it's hard to see the future counter moves. If we could see those, it would be a lot easier to play poker. Is it better to check raise or is it better to check call and then lead on safe turns? I'm wondering. I don't know. That's hard to know. You could lead bigger on safe turns. And uh, now that means sometimes he gets there on turns that yeah. we otherwise don't want him to. Um, but it also means sometimes, you know, we're not check raising ourselves into oblivion in spots. Because, like, here's the real question. We're check raising, and what are we doing when he three bets? We need to have plans. Obviously, with the top of our range, we know what we're doing. Yeah. But, like, with a hand like this, I guess we're just folding. It's really hard to three bet. Like, I think that's a, maybe the eventual counter move if 
the counter move of check raising it becomes definitely is yeah but it's not yet it so. sort of goes back to the way poker used to be, right? Where, yeah. like, everyone's check-raising top pair. If they had an overpair, they were, like, trying to get it in and stuff when they're 60 blinds deep, and it's completely absurd in our minds, you know. Uh, what, what happens is you're sort, of, you're sort of throwing away, though, a lot of the poker skills that you specifically have, and me too, and a lot of the better players have really nurtured, which is this, like, understanding of sizing and, understand, and like, reading people and the situation in the moment. If you're sort of putting yourself in situations which are more... Um, become more standard and like straightforward, like, well, we're just going to get it in on this flop because one person has top pair and the other person has an overpair. Um, or these are the actions we take so often in these spots with these kinds of hands that we sort of lose some of this stuff. We're like, right now, you and I are often, like, I'm often able to extricate myself from a top pair situation where I'm screwed. Yeah. You know, we're like, like, I make a fold and the guy is like really upset and like either shows a better hand or talks about it later and like, He's not like he just busted. He's not lying about that hand, you know. Well, like, I, really... I want to be clear about something. Yeah, that guy's not Sam Greenwood. And that's I'm talk- true. I'm talking specifically about the scenario okay. with these guys. That's fair. That's a fair point. I mean, this is this is probably a continuing discussion for us to have over the next few shows and can keep keep thinking about. It. I mean, I've been saying for years. I think we should be check raising more. Yeah, like I know. I'm not saying you haven't been saying it too, but like I've been. I'm, so I'm not. I'm not trying to like act like I think this is a crazy idea. Um, but I think it's really hard to pick well. I mean, and part of it is like you're going to have bluffs here and you're going to have your value here. And then but you can't go with all of your value. And it gets ends up you put yourself in some weird positions with some of the value that you like you're check raising for value and then you have to fold it. And that can just be a disaster. You know, like we I, see we see amateurs make this play all the time right against us. Absolutely. Right? They check raise. and You're like, yeah, 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 I'm all in. And they just show an overpair and fold. And it's like, wow. How'd you do that? That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like you had me crush, buddy. No, I know. I know. And, and, and that's why it's so hard for me to actually talk about this stuff as if this is what I want to do because yeah. in practice, I would never do it. I would never do it in the games that I play. Right. But if I'm playing thousands of hands against Sam Greenwood, I don't want him to be able to bet a hundred K or one fifth the pot every time he three bets me with impunity. Right. Like it's free for is, him to do is that. Is it better to be leading some of these pots rather than check raising? Maybe. I'm wondering. We talked about that too, having a having a donking range, and this is a heads up donking range, but in still, a three bet pot too, which is different. Super weird, right? Yeah, but very weird. It's really hard for him to combat that. Now he might raise sometimes, but if we have top pair, what is he raising? That's strong. Like he's not going to raise over pairs very often, and even if he does, if, like it's a hard spot for him to put a lot of chips in with an over pair. You know, yeah. until. I'll- all of this said, I think check calling is the right play. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I, I definitely think check calling is the right play. I just want to find a way to combat these things. I and mean, I think I think leading sometimes is a good idea. I think check raising sometimes is a good idea. But you got to be super clear about where your ranges are, and we're not there yet. Yeah, and I want to make a little disclaimer right now because even though I've said some version of this so far in this discussion a couple times, a lot of people listening right now, they, they find this podcast instructive. They take it as, as learning material sure. and they go apply things they learned to the game that they're playing. Don't take that part. That was like a theoretical discussion about super high rollers playing against each other. I don't think that's going to work in your local game most of the time. Right. I don't think so either. Not yet. Although it might work for completely different reasons. If a guy three bets you and then bets one fifth the pot and he's just like an oh, amateur. Yeah. He's probably pretty weak. You should probably, you probably raise. Check raise. <laughs> but then it doesn't. But, actually, but, but if you have Queen Jack, you should. Yeah, but not with Queen Jack, but with right. like a bluff, you should. Yeah, yeah. All, your, all the stuff you were going to fold, you should probably just raise and yeah. it'll work out great. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So it's interesting because we're having this high-level theoretical discussion, and as the hosts of this show, we are aware that a lot of people take these as poker lessons in, in one way or another, and uh, they can't really apply you know, to, to most of their games. Well, I mean, yeah, we're talking about the, often we're talking about like the elitist of the elite playing against each other and we're trying to figure out what they're doing and why they're doing it. And now you're talking about having counters to what they're doing and why they're doing it, you know? And that, like you said, can really only work against the Sam Greenwoods of the world, at least for now. Right. Anyway, how long did I say the flop discussion would take? I don't know, take? man, forever. We did it. We talked about choo, the flop choo, choo, for a very long choo, time. Choo, choo, choo. So anyway, Sergio Ido calls, of course. <laughs> what else, <laughs> oh, what else are you going to do? God. Great. Well, don't worry because the other, the next two streets are way more interesting. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. No, that was no, but I don't mean what we're going to talk about. I'm saying the actual decisions. Oh, are the more actual decisions. Sure. All right. So the turn is the ten of hearts. Now, if you don't remember, it was uh, queen six deuce, one spade, two diamonds. Ido's got queen jack of hearts. Greenwood has ace king off. Nobody has any backdoor flush draws. Yeah. Seven hundred and fifteen k in the pot. The turn is the ten of hearts. And Greenwood has the ace of spades. He does, which I think matters. He does, but it doesn't matter anymore. Um, I think it does, but we'll talk about it. Okay. So 10 of hearts in the turn. Greenwood now picks up a gut shot. Yeah. Although that is blocked by Ido, who still has top pair with the jack kicker. So tell me why you think the spades matter. Um, well, I think it matters because if Greenwood, Greenwood, first of all, picks up equity on this card, which sure. is pretty sweet. Yeah. And so in his mind, he's got overs, he's got a straight draw, and he also has potentially a spade as a really good bluffing card on the river. Why? Because he has the ace of spades in his hand? I don't think you know what the board is. It's two diamonds and one spade. Ah, you're totally right. It's hard when you can't see it. Well, then that doesn't matter. Okay, good. I'm glad. Ace of spades no longer important. Not this a- was a spade on the turn, it would matter. It's not. It's not. It's a heart. Yep. Okay, continue. All right. So Ido can do nothing but check here, it seems. But, you know, maybe... I mean, he could lead. He could lead. But also, once again, that feels like a game theory disaster, right? We lead. Sam folds most of his hands. Now Sam's like, well, he called on the flop and led the turn. I guess I have to fold two eights, right? Yeah. Now, if we check raise, he may fold two eights anyway. And, I mean, there's, and he's probably going to check back two eights. So it's all poopy. Everything is poopy when you're playing against good players. Yeah. That's just the way of playing. Play against doing... bad players is the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> just play against bad players. It'll be a lot easier. So much better. And they're everywhere. It's okay. Yeah. That's the majority of players. Yeah. Enjoy. All right. So Ido checks because he's not trying to go into like the super Doctor Strange land where he fights the demon and like messes up his brain and stuff. Duramu. Yeah. Sure. That guy. <laughs> um, so is that copyright? Are we allowed to say that? Uh, of course we're not. I said doctor, but it had an E on the end. So it's okay. D-O-C-T-O-R-E. Doctor Strange. Is that? It's okay. different. Marvel can't sue me now. Marvel, M-A-R-V-E-L-E. <laughs> By the way, it's Disney. It's not Marvel anymore, buddy. Disney D-I-S-N-I. owns everything. I-S-N-I. Yeah. Disney. But continuing on. <laughs> Ido checks. Yeah. Greenwood now makes an interesting decision to continue betting. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this decision? I like it. Yeah, I think you have to when you size it 100K. A, you size 100K. B, you picked up equity. He makes it 400K now, so this is a, a more than half the pot bet. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he does that makes me think he probably is sizing smaller as a very, very normally for himself now in three-bet pots on the flop and then starts to take the hand more seriously on the turn. Almost like, are we really playing a hand here or are you going to just go away? Right. You know, oh, you, well, we're really playing. Okay, and then maybe he'll check back turns, but now it's like, it's like a real size net from here on out. Yeah, and Ido has to call with so many things on the flop that you kind of have to continue on the turn, right? Yeah, like, and I think Lex even says this, or Randy uh, Nindunoko says, um, 
something like, well, now it's going to be, now he's betting here to like, because pocket eights as strongly has to start considering folding now. Like pocket eights can't really fold on the flop for 100K. No, but it usually folds for this bet. Right. The second bet when another overcard comes, you're just like, ugh, okay. Like that's, you're near the bottom of your range. You kind of just have to fold it. Yeah. So Ido can't fold though. With Queen Jack. Right? No, but it's starting to get a little not great from it's Ida's point of definitely view. Definitely not great. And I think there are players you can fold against here. Yeah, but, but only the... You can't fold against Sam Greenwood. Sam Greenwood, there's no fold. Against the elite players, you can't fold the Sander in this turn, no. which sucks, but you just can't do it. You just can't. It's, you have top pair. Your distribution distribution demands you call. You're going to fold so many other hands. This hand is like one of the very best hands you're ever going to have. You absolutely have to call. Not only do you have top pair, there's only two over pairs to that top pair. Like, it's hard for Greenwood to have you beat combinatorially based on his probably pretty expansive three-betting range. I mean, Greenwood can have ace-king. He can have king-queen. He can have ace-three suited. Ace-three suited? Yeah, why not? Okay. Why would that matter? Oh, you were just talking about things that have us beat? Yeah. You said ace-king, didn't you? No, ace-queen. Oh, ace-queen. There you go. That makes sense to know what you said. Ace-three suited. Yeah, ace-king, king-queen, the over pairs. He can have the sets. Um... Not really deuces and sixes that often. He though. can have sixes for sure. We're six-handed. Yeah, but he's not three-betting at that the majority of the time. On the button, he might be. I, I would guess he's mostly calling. But I think yeah. you're mostly calling. I think I'm mostly calling. I don't know what Sam's doing. I don't want to say I know what he's Sam's call, doing. Calling. Some of those guys. Some of those guys are absolutely three-betting all their small pocket pairs. There's some of them aren't. Um, but also, he can have queen ten. Yeah. But still, that's cool. Those are all the hands that are beating us. But then we can come up with a million hands that aren't beating us. And more importantly, we come up with all the hands that we can have here. And yeah, we can have a set of sixes. We can have a set of deuces. A little bit of aces, kings, and queens. A tiny bit of those things. A little bit of pocket tens. And a little ace, queen, and king, queen. Sure. But what about all the other hands we called with? Yeah. Which were a lot. as we Because he bet 100,000 on the flop. We're calling with so many things on the flop. Yep. We just can't fold top pair. Can't fold. So idle calls. Yep. Seems normal. Yep. Pot is now 1.515 million, and Sam Greenwood's got himself in a little bit of a pickle here because he's got 1.2 million remaining. It's amazing how quickly this stuff happens, you know? Three-bet pots, stuff just bloats fast. I mean, he bet 400K on the turn. He was saying, please fold now. Yeah. Like, you don't have jacks. You probably don't have tens. You probably don't have tens plus anyway. So all your other pocket pairs kind of have to fold. Just fold, you know? I know you're not folding. I block, you know, freaking king-queen and ace-queen and just fold. Well... We, we talked so long on the flop, it seemed like we were just here for theory land, but, but really, this, this podcast is about the river. Yeah. Because the river is where the magic is made. Every it's time. Where the bread is buttered. It's where the... It's where Dr. Strangey Where the baby fights. batter gets developed. The baby batter? Yeah. Ew. What is, <laughs> That's right, Anyway. <laughs> I don't mean it like you kill babies and make a batter out of them, by the way. I don't mean it like that. I was thinking of a different disgusting yeah, thing. There you go. That's what I was going for. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the river is the jack of spades. Yeah. Let's think about why that's significant. We have to delve deep here. Well, okay. first of all, one guy has top two. Okay. I don't know top, top two. two. What else happens? I can't. Sam Greenwood makes the nuts. Oh, that's right. No flush. Sam Greenwood makes the nuts with Ace King. Or as people like to say, the stone nuts, the absolute nuts, the mortal nuts, or just the nuts. It all means the same thing. No, I think over. there actually might be a difference. There is. There is. But even on the river, they'll still call things the stone nuts, the mortal nuts. Okay. And so then there, there is Now no we difference. have to explain what the difference is, though. Uh, okay. So go, go ahead. The, 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 okay. If you're doing it right, when you say you have the mortal nuts, for example... And it's not the river. By the way, that's the only time you should be saying it. That means you have a hand that is never can be beaten on the river either. You have Shouldn't the nuts it be forever. The immortal nuts? What? Shouldn't it be the immortal nuts? 
It possibly should be, but people say the mortal nuts so for whatever reason. People people say I could care less, and that's completely wrong. Yeah, I hate that. So too. is that okay to say? No. You asked me to define what these things mean. It's I'm just the, I'm just nuts the interpreter now. here. What I'm saying is this is we've done it now. We've changed it. It's the immortal nuts. It's not the mortal nuts. Okay, that's fine. It makes more sense. Yeah, you're right, actually. Otherwise the mortal nuts would be something that yeah, can get killed. Yeah. Which is exactly the point is you it's like you turn you turn the royal flesh up. And then it's like, it doesn't matter what someone has. They can't be. You turn quads and the board is such that there's no straight flush as possible. Yeah. Come the river. You have the true nuts, if you will. And, you know, whatever you want to call it. A nuts with a, with a descriptor on it. So just the nuts normally would just mean the best hand possible right now. Yes. Um, that's a- all. Aces is the nuts pre-flop. Right. But it has it's not to be the, the nuts. immortal nuts because of course it not. gets beat 20% of the time. You flop, a, you flop top set on the flop. It's never going to be... Um, the the immortal nuts or the immortal nuts or whatever you want to call it on the flop right there's always going to be some way that someone could beat you by the river now depending on what they have but like if you give them all combos of all hands something can make a straight by the river yeah. it's possible so the river on the river the nuts is the same as yes, the stone nuts it's just the, the nuts yeah. man it's never going to be any worse you you got there you yeah. did it but people say it to make it sound more exciting they do. Not a big fan of that. There's also bluff and stone cold bluff. Yeah. As if somehow those are different. Yeah. He's bluffing with air. That means he's bluffing, right? <laughs> anyway. No, I guess not entirely, but yeah. First question. Greenwood is the effective stack with 1.2 million. There is 1.515 in the pot. 1.5.5? 5.15. Great. Uh, it is queen jack against ace king. The board run out was queen six deuce... 10 jack for a straight against top two. Should Ido be moving in? Ooh, that is not the question I was expecting. That is the question. That's a great question to ask. Should Ido be moving in? So if we move in, we're trying to get called by aces and kings. And ace queen. And ace queen, right. Um, Question is, how frequently does Greenwood have those? And does he call with them? Right. Also, does he bet them if we check? Okay, the the first most important question is, does he call with them ever? Because yeah. if he doesn't call with them, we shouldn't be moving in, right? Because then what are we hoping to get called by? A set of 10s. All right, let's give him the... No, that's not good. We, can't, we don't want to get called by a set of 10s. Let's give Greenwood the best of those, which I believe is ace-queen, because we, Greenwood then blocks the two pairs in top set. Like, that's his most likely calling hand out of those hands. Okay. Even though it's the worst of them. Right. Do you agree? I think I do, yeah, because he's like kings, kings and aces and ace-queen all have the same value. Right. You're never moving in with ace-queen. Right. So it's either a bluff or it isn't. Now, we have to come up with what bluffs would you even have. But let's, if we're forgetting about that part of it, we're just saying, would we call with ace-queen? Would green would call with ace-queen? I guess no. Then we say, what bluffs would he, could he even have here that we can beat? It's got to be diamonds. It's diamonds only. And diamonds with like a nine. Are diamonds going to move in? They don't have to. They could bet 800,000. It's kind of the same thing. No, they could move in too, I guess, just to like really, really. I mean, if you want to move in for pressure. value, you have to move in as a bluff. Too yeah, you're sometimes. right. You're right. Okay. Um, I guess you could have diamonds. You wouldn't expect him to play diamonds like this very often. No, you wouldn't. You'd expect him to check raise one of the other streets or fold the turn when we bet 400,000. Yep. Him check calling the turn and shoving the river is so unlikely. I don't think we can give him diamonds. So I don't think we can call with Ace Queen if we can't give him diamonds. In that case, we can't move in with Queen Jack. Right. Because. The next best hand that he would consider calling with is like a set of tens, right? Yeah. That I guess he could have queen ten exactly. Sure, we can get real lucky and maybe, queen but 10. we should get value out of queen ten anyway. No, he's gonna probably move in with queen ten right. anyway. So he's gonna bet and then maybe feel trapped into calling or folding, but it's, it's gonna we're gonna get a huge amount of chips with queen ten. He has queen ten either way, so I don't care. And everything that's better than us is gonna bet anyway, and it, we don't want them to. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think we can move in. 
Okay, that was a good question. I agree with you. All right, so Ido does check. Yep. Should Greenwood move in or make a different size bet? Okay. What are we hoping Ido has if we move in? We're what hoping we he has have? king, queen, or better. Is he really going to call if we move in if he has king, queen? I think that's I just know. the minimum where he, he starts considering calling. Yeah, okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. Does he start considering calling with king, jack also? Because he could definitely get here with king, jack. Of spades, specifically. Right. Nope, he can't. River's the jack of spades. Okay. I don't think he has any king jacks. King jack of diamonds. Maybe king jack of but diamonds. But he might he just check raise the turn with that. I would guess he's going to ultimately find a fold with king jack of diamonds just because, I don't know, we might get worried that maybe if Greenwood's going for any kind of thin value at all, thinnish value, which is still everything everything beats us. Any kind of, if he's like playing super ultra elite, I'm going to get, I'm going to squeeze out some thin value here and I'm going to move in with the, these hands right. that we don't think he's going to move in with. But like, I might sit there and not be like, I don't think he's moving in with aces. I don't think he's moving in with kings but or ace queen. But if I'm wrong, it's a real disaster. So the same thing applies to ace 10 of diamonds, which would probably check raise the flop, but didn't. And then picks up a 10 on the turn. Probably going to not be able to get called by, by that hand anyway. I don't think we should be targeting those hands to yeah. get called by. It seems just really. All right, so king queen at a minimum. <sighs> yeah. If we think Ido is like, especially hero-y, like Talal Shikurchi, Shikurchi, excuse me. Shikurchi, yeah. Yeah, I was watching him play in a super high roller recently where he was the chip leader for a lot of it, and he was just a massive station the entire way to the point where he was playing some hand, and I don't even remember who it was. Maybe it was Bonomo on the river. Bonomo had like top pair, no kicker, and I was like, Bonomo, you have to bet big here for value. And he ultimately did and got called. And I was like, yeah, Shikurchi is just never folding anything right now. He just thinks everyone's trying to bluff him every time, which was mostly true. Um... So if the guy's a big station, sure, we can, we can get all this other kind of value, and then maybe we have to start to consider stationing or not. But, like, I have no reason to believe Ido is a station. No, me neither. So as Greenwood, I don't think we can, as Ido, expect Greenwood to be doing it with this super thin value stuff, which, which is good. But, I mean, what are we hoping? It's so hard to come up with hands as Greenwood that we can get called by, that we want to get called by, and we can. Well, of course we want to get called. We got the nuts, but that we can get called by. I mean, we're actually lucky. Ido has the perfect hand that makes the it's most the sense. It's the dream spot. Because it makes total sense that he wouldn't check raise up until now. Yep. And he got here, and now he has a very strong hand, whereas other hands that are very strong that can consider calling, most of them would have at least considered check raising, and a lot of them would have check raised before now. It's really hard to come up with anything else that he can have, actually, that could even consider calling. If we move in, like what hand? King queen. Um, could consider it. Okay, can consider it. You're right. Ace queen can consider it. Yeah, but we block both of those hands, and it's possibly plays ace queen differently pre flop because we're six handed. So, do you think Greenwood should be not moving in then? I think it's a mistake to move in. Okay, I think I think there's too few hands. Like queen jack is the dream. We don't block that. That's great. If he can have king, queen, or ace, queen, he can consider it, but we block it, and I don't know if he's going to call if we move in. Anyway, like, it's going to be close, right? A set of tens is probably possible as well. I don't might just check all the turn with a set of tens. Okay. He could have three, the three combos of tens. That would be amazing. Yeah. But he might also four bet the tens sometimes pre, and yeah. he might check raise the turn with tens. I mean, he doesn't sometimes. have all three combos as played, but right. he, sometimes he'll show up with it. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. Um. But there's not, there's just not very much. As opposed to, 
Like he's got something. By the time he calls the turn, he's got eight nine of diamonds. We could we could get super lucky. Yeah, could have eight nine of diamonds. If he's got eight nine of diamonds, he's probably going to get in with us anyway. We got a pot size bet left. If we bet six hundred thousand, he might move in. Is there value in moving? I'm not in? sure. I don't think there is. We could we could have a set ourselves. We have all the sets. If he has eight nine of diamonds, we have to consider folding a set in that spot. We would have to consider, but he doesn't have king nine. He doesn't have ace king. So it'd really be only it was one combo of eight nine of eight yeah. nine. But because there's only one combo, we can't really give him too much like, oh, cool. He can get in, you know. Also, we would have, we have like, it's like less than one because he's going to check raise the turn a lot with that. Of course he is. Or the flop. Yeah. So, nope. That's, it's just really hard to come up with very many strong hands in Ido's range here. All right. Well, the reason to maybe move in is if we're moving in due to the stack to pot ratio with some frequency, we can't just only bet smaller when we really right have it you know unless we never move in here which seems bad i mean you think we're gonna move in with some of our if we if somehow we have ace three of diamonds yeah we're gonna go bet bet shove yeah and so then we should be balancing that with the nuts yeah that's reasonable um i don't know if we have to balance it with all combos of the nuts though well maybe this is one of the combos we do maybe maybe um i'm not sure but we also maybe could just be exploitative here and bet less anyway because like he's just not going to be able to call very often. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like, let's see if we can get called by King Jack of Diamonds sometimes. You like, know, this is a pretty big spot. You know, like we could potentially win a lot of. We could win twenty blinds here on the river. This is like a, a yeah, huge spot. Let's try and do that. Yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of want to bet like five hundred and fifty k. Like, who cares about balance right now? Like, we're not going to be in this spot that often against this guy. I know we play him a lot, but like. We can balance other times. Let's exploit right now in this very particular spot. I agree. I want to bet like 550. Yeah. I think that's great. We bet 400 on the turn, 550 on the river. If he has, a, if he has king, queen, or ace, queen, he's going to have to call, I think, most of the time. Yeah. It's going to be a hell of a hero fold to do that. If he somehow has a better hand, which he's almost never going to have, it turns out he does, he's going to be forced to call. Yeah. That's great. If he has, if he has a monster, if he does have eight, nine of diamonds, and we bet 550, he might move in. He might be like, just in case you have it set, I'm going to move in and you decide to Maybe. call because you're getting such a good price. Maybe. Because this is the only combo I have that beats a set, right? One combo, he probably is going to have to call. Although Greenwood has all of the combos of Ace-King in his range. He does. He does. But if he bets small, the 8-9 may be like, you know what? I, I just feel like I got, you know, I don't know. They may decide. I mean, I would probably just call because the Ace-King is yeah. so obvious, you know? Yeah. So maybe that, so that would be a little, but it's only one combo. We just can't worry about it. Right. Well, Greenwood does decide to move in. Yeah. And he's lucky for him, man. He's probably right, and we're probably wrong. Ido has the perfect hand for it, as it turns out. Instead, though, Ido is in the tank. Yeah. And then Ido folds. Yeah. Ido folds top two here. Yeah. All right. Two questions. (laughs) Go. Is this a good fold? Not based on game theory. Game theory says this is a bad fold. I don't know if it's a bad fold. He's clearly exploiting like crazy to fold here. So he doesn't think Sam is balanced correctly here for yep. him to make this fold. So did, did Greenwood mess up? Second question. Remember what you were saying before? Like, well, if he's going to move in with diamonds here on the river, he's also got to move in with the nuts. Yeah. I don't clearly think he's not moving in with diamonds. Yeah. He thinks Sam's just giving up a lot here on the turn after he bets 400K and gets called. Well, it's kind of a tough run out to get a, a bluff through. That's probably part of the fold. I mean, it's very obvious to both players that Ace King got there, and Sam's really the only one who can have the nuts. Yep. They both know that. So in that way, it's pretty good. Against yeah. a lower-level player, this is not a good bluff. 
But against a higher level player, they can see the nuts just got there and you have them and they don't. Right. And it's a massive range advantage and they're going to know that. All right. So then it's a much harder call. All right, let's talk about Ido's decision a bit. You uh, quickly touched on game theory. I imagine where your mind went first was distribution. Of course. And Queen Jack is very near the top of our distribution. Probably. Let's just, let's just define distribution for newer, newer listeners. Okay, so it is all of the hands that you would potentially play up until this point and still have them in, in your range. Yeah. Where does it fall as far as the quality of hand at the current moment? Yeah, where in the distribution yeah. does it fall? Exactly. And top two pair is probably the second best hand after a very small amount of set of tens. Like one combo of tens, yeah. maybe half a combo of tens, right. something like that. So when talking about distribution, we're not actually just talking about hand rank, but we're talking about how many combos. Right. So there's almost no, there's tens, but there's like almost none of them. And there's a fair amount of queen jacks, right? Yeah. I mean, there aren't really, because we have queen-jack suited, actually. Yeah. But whatever. But the point is, it's the second best possible thing, and it's almost the best possible thing, because there's so few of the thing in front of it, which is tens. Right. And we really can't... I guess maybe eight, nine of diamonds exactly is even better. Yeah. Which we can show up with maybe once in a while. Okay. It's like one total combo of better hands than queen-jack, though. Exactly. Maybe less. Yeah. So this is clearly a call based on game theory. Yes. There's... All the other queens we could decide to fold. In fact, this is a reason why we might ultimately fold king-queen and even ace-queen is we can come up with other hands we have that are better. Yeah. Um, maybe ace-queen's too good anyway, but whatever. That's queen a jack, whole other queen, conversation. Queen-jack and queen-ten, mostly. Yeah, queen-jack and queen-ten. But queen-ten, again, we might raise the turn with sometimes, yeah. but whatever. Um, but here we are. We're at the very top. The tippy-tippy tops. The Everest of our distribution, pretty much. So Ido's probably sitting there thinking... I have the hand, one of the hands that makes the most sense in the world that Greenwood thinks he could get value from if he had me. Right. 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 So does it make sense for Greenwood to bluff? That's the first question that Ido is asking himself. On this run out, the way mm-hmm. we've played, does it make sense for Greenwood to bluff? You've already partially answered that question saying, yes, it does due to the range advantage that Greenwood has because he has all 16 combos of ace-king, and Ido has very few combos of that. Probably zero, but if not zero, very few. Yeah, if, if he has any, it's just ace-king of diamonds mostly. Like, on the turn, he's probably not calling. I mean, on the flop, he may not be calling. Pre-flop, he may not be calling. 100K on the flop, I think he's calling with all his ace-kings, probably. You don't think he's going to check-raise for ace-king of diamonds? No, no, I'm saying his other ace-kings. Oh, his other ace-kings. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I'm saying he's folding his other ace-kings on the turn if yes. he called up the flop with them. Right. But he's also almost never just calling a three-bet with them anyway. Right. When their 66 blinds effect is six-handed, right. right? So that's that's a check mark in the favor of sometimes Greenwood will bluff. He has a range advantage against me. Yeah. Uh, something against that is what does Ido show up with here? Like, Ido has a lot of hands that you don't really want to try to put the pressure on in a spot like this. Now, right. we might think that Ido's going to fold king-queen a lot, but also, Ido has a lot of king-queen. Ido has a lot of queen-ten, queen-jack, hands like that, that it's like, well, he's going to have to make a really big fold for me to get this bluff through. Do I really want to do that? I mean, on the turn, it really looks like Ido has kind of exactly a queen for value, right? Yeah. And so, are we really going to target top pair? I mean, now, we think it would get through a lot, but that's like targeting the top of someone's range, usually not a great idea. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? Target other parts of their range at other times. There's often going to be... Often people are, are really polarized to one pair in a spot where you can put a lot of pressure on them, and often it's not even top pair. And it's like, yeah, I can make it really hard on your life. And I can tell a really great story doing it. All right. So, next question. Does Greenwood ever show up with aces or kings for value? It's hard to imagine that he does, but I was... I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before, yeah. too, right? 
I mean, he if he shows up with aces, he blocks ace queen. Yep, that's bad. Not great. Um, queen jack just got there. Queen ten already got there. Eight nine of diamonds got there. And kings blocks king queen, obviously. So, I think we might bet for value on the river. I just don't think we'd move in. Okay. That's my guess. So his value range is all hands that are better than ours, except for maybe queen 10 sometimes, and sometimes we're chopping. Greenwood has all the sets mm-hmm. and ace-king. Right. And probably 8-9 also, if he three-bets that sometimes. Okay. Yeah, sure. 8-9. You can have that. So there, there is value that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Ace-king making a ton of sense. Set of tens makes the most sense of the sets because we block queens and jacks, but still it's possible that he has the one combo of, of queens or the one combo of jacks. And to be clear, even though it's, you know, the set of tens is like the fifth nuts now or something like that, I guess the fourth, no, the fifth nuts, um, he would be shoving that on the river. It's like yeah. so hard for Ida to have that beat. And now that I think about it, I don't know if Greenwood actually has jacks that often. He's probably checking the turn with that. Um, yeah, probably actually. That's a really good hand to check back yeah. with. You know, diamonds miss, the guy bets, you can call. It's yeah. fine. Diamonds get there. We can fold a lot if he bets, whatever. All right, so I think what it comes down to for Ido is that the value hands all make sense. Mm-hmm. The bluffs, you kind of have to be like, well, it's kind of risky to bluff here, but you're still doing it, huh? That's what you're doing? I mean, Greenwood, though, we have seen... He can be pretty bluffy, at least at times. That was a bluff for four blinds when Greenwood had 40 to start the hand. Was it only four? It was more than four. Nope. Oh, God, it was really four. Because yeah. it was one blind went in, and then they, he, they both bet a blind on the flop, right? Yeah. And then he, bet, he didn't even bet full pot, but I guess there were, there were antis in the small line. You're right. Four blinds. This is a, this is a much bigger bet. This yeah. is a 40 blind. Shove. Shove. When he doesn't have to do it yeah. at all. Very different situation. Yeah. So we're sitting there as Ido, and I guess what he came to is some version of what we're coming to right now, which is kind of all his value beats me, and there aren't many bluffs that A, make sense, and B, I don't know that he would do them because he'd be bluffing into a pretty strong range. Yeah. Now, of course, you could always go a level further as Greenwood and say, well, if he figures all that out, then he has to fold even his best hands, and I, right. should, be able, I should bluff with impunity here, right? But mostly people don't do that. Mostly the good players don't try and bluff out the top of people's ranges because you're less effective because a lot of players will use distribution and say, well, I have to call anyway. Yep. Like, I know this sucks. I have to call anyway because otherwise I'm exploitable. I refuse to be exploited. Well, yeah. Ido doesn't say that. Right. He decides Ido. to go exploitative and fold. And yeah. he's, he's right. He's right this time. He's right this time. We don't it's know if possible, he's right. It's possible that he's right in this instance way more often than he's not because of all of the reasons that we said. I would guess he is. He's been pretty successful. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, that's a great fold. That's a really showy fold for yeah. sure. That's your, I mean, it's completely reasonable to double up Sam Greenwood. I and mean, that's the card that doubles yeah. up Sam Greenwood. That's the only thing, right? There's three jacks in the deck. There's really two because the jack of diamonds isn't going to do it. Right. There's two jacks that can come that should be the double up card. No other card should Greenwood be able to double up on for sure. But like, it's like, oh, that's, that might do it. Well, congratulations, Sergio Ido. That got you on the Poker Guys podcast. You did it. And uh, a video as well. You finally made it, man.